Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, a podcast where we dig deeper into what it looks like to live a life where in the end, all that matters is God and people. Each week, we will have candid and authentic conversations about how every day brings a fresh beginning and that the best is yet to come as we work together to help fulfill the mission that Jesus has given us. Now, here's our host. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Robert, sitting here with Chad, and we're kicking off a brand new series this weekend. We're going to be talking about unity. And you kicked off this weekend talking about just kind of the current realities for all of us. And it's pretty crazy when you add it all up, stack it all up, all at once. You want to talk us through where we're all at in history right now? Yeah. Well, first of all, the the sermon is actually Robert and I are tag teaming on this one. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm kind of in the ring and then tag and then you're in the ring. So. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah, somebody really wise said that. Yeah. It rhymes. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> Maybe not so wise. Somebody goofy said that. Um, yeah, so unity is um, one of the big themes of the New Testament. It's probably the second biggest theme. The first theme, of course, would be Jesus and the gospel. Yep. And then uh, the most talked about thing after that would be unity. Yeah. Uh, you look at the letters that are written, um, Galatians, Corinthians, Ephesians, all written to deal with uh, issues of unity. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a big deal to, to God. Uh, Jesus prayed in the garden before he went to the cross that we would be one. We'll talk about that in the weeks ahead, but it's a big deal to God that we be unified. And there's these big milestone moments in the book of Acts. So the church has just started. And it's when the church is rallying together. It's when people are unified and they're giving to people who have need and they're working together. And and then you have these little hiccups along the way. And it's always these little seeds of disunity that get planted. Yeah. And all of a sudden the mission kind of stops for a second. And now, okay, we got to solve this. We got to resolve it. And then they get back to it. And so, of course, the enemy wants us to to find ways to to separate. Yeah. So the New Testament is full of these letters. Paul wrote those epistles, which is fun to say. Paul wrote those epistles. And their letters to address fighting in the church. Mm-hmm. So unity is a big theme in the New Testament. Unity is real hard right now. And this is what you were referring to a moment ago. Um, I, I heard another pastor talk about this, but but these are like all the things we've dealt with over the past six months. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and actually, it's not all the things. It's just a lot of the things. So we had a global pandemic that caused an economic meltdown that was followed by social unrest and riots in the middle of an election year. While all of our vacations and plans were canceled, I know that happened with you, it happened with Mm -hmm. me. So our kids are stuck at home when we have to work from home during the hottest summer ever on record. (laughs) Yeah. And all the while we're watching uh, all the, all the posts, crazy posts on social media. And so um, no wonder we're a little irritated, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and with that, uh, we have a tendency in that irritation to fight over things that don't matter mm-hmm. as much as the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so just felt led uh, in this series to um, to talk about unity and, and with that to talk about what, what matters most. Um, social media is, is designed to keep us tribal. And I'll talk about this more in the weeks ahead, but... Um, just think about social media for a moment mm-hmm. and what it actually is yep. and, and how it works. Um, so we're going to go with Facebook. So everybody under 35 right now is going, well, 
that doesn't include me because Facebook's for old people at this point, right? But we'll, we'll use Facebook as, as the example. Um, think with me. Who is Facebook's customer? And I've asked people this, and they'll be like, well, it's me. No, you're not the customer. So let's change the question. How does Facebook make money? Well, they make money from advertisers that advertise on their social media platform. That means I'm not the customer, and you're not the customer. Mm -hmm. The companies that are doing the advertising, they're the customer. So what does that make you and me? That makes us the product. We're the product. That's right. So we're the cows that are being milked, right? Mm -hmm. And so what Facebook sells to its true customer is you and me. Mm -hmm. Sells our data, sells our time. Uh, sells the algorithms, right, of, of what makes us go on and off. I've had conversations with somebody about something, didn't look it up online or any of that, and then later on it's showing up on my Facebook feed, whatever, you know, we're yep. talking about boats or something yep. like that. The other day you and I were talking about kayaks, and yep. guess what? Started showed showing up, up on Showed up feed. on my Facebook feed. That's that's exactly right. So when it comes to social media, we're the product, mm-hmm. and and it's designed to keep us in an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. What What's going to set? that person off, what's going to keep them hooked, what's going to keep them online. So here's what I'm challenging the church to do as we're talking about unity, is to take a fast from social media. Wow, that's revolutionary for some people. Revolutionary. So it's not a fast from food. Yep. So don't freak out too much. It's a fast from social media. And so um, here's the options. I've kind of got an A, B, or C plan, Mm -hmm. and you can decide which one you want to pick. I'm picking letter A. I'm going to fast from social media for 40 days. So that'll take me uh, through the end of October. Mm-hmm. If some people are like, oh, I don't know if I can do that, then 21 days, so about half that time. I mm-hmm. know uh, I can't do that, and then do seven days. And my challenge is when you start twitching, wanting to go on social media, instead just, just pray mm-hmm. for unity in the church, uh, unity in our nation. Yeah. Uh, may, maybe instead... Um, of looking at social media, look at a Bible verse. You look at a Bible verse enough times, you'll have it memorized. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's just cut out social media. Let's get off the assembly line for uh, for a certain amount of time and just see what God does in our minds and our hearts and our and our souls. But unity, big theme in the Bible. Yeah, uh, probably the second biggest theme in the New Testament. Yeah, I reach for my phone to look at social media without even thinking, and then. Sometimes Lindsay will be next to me. She goes, what are, you, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. There's a pause in the conversation. So my, like involuntarily, I just picked up my phone and started looking again. It's like, we went on vacation. She's like, you got to put that away. Like there's no email, no social media. It was the most refreshing thing, but it was hard. Yeah. There, there is a, we've done it for so long. We, we've trained ourselves to open up the app, whatever. I'd recommend if people have, you know, Instagram, whatever on their phone, take it off your home screen. If you're like, I can't delete it from my phone, we'll just make sure it's not easily accessible. So you have to at least think about what you're doing before you've clicked on it. Otherwise, we just go back to that habit. Yeah, well, you you can delete it from your phone because if you want to go back to it, you can do that after your, your fast. Just redownload it. Yeah, now, um, now we're getting real crazy. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So um, you want to follow me on Instagram. It's Pastor Chad Moore. Love to have you, but you're not going to hear from me for the next 40 <laughs> days on that platform. As a church, we'll still put things out on social media because there's a lot of people that won't hear that particular sermon or they're aware of the challenge. Uh, you and I just met a guy at Buffalo Wild Wings mm-hmm. that just started coming to Sun Valley. So, there's, you know, our social media for the next 40 days will primarily be outsider focused. Yeah. 
Um, you know, and, and obviously we still want you to listen to podcasts, do the daily devos and things like that. Yeah, you don't have to delete the Sun Valley app. That's right. But <laughs> that doesn't count, the social media. Don't get sucked into the Instagram, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, whatever else, Vortex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I read a book, refers to those as infinity pools because they never end. You can keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, or you pull it down and it uploads new stuff, news feeds, all that. It's designed to keep your attention as long as possible. They are going to milk that cow right. for as long as they possibly can. And the longer they keep your attention, the more money they make, and the more you fall into whatever thing they're trying to get you to follow. That's right. And you're the cow. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about this in a couple of weeks, too. I read a book called The Shallows. Uh-huh. And it's talking, its premise is, and there's a lot of research that goes with it, that social media is dumbing us down. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's leaving us with the inability to really think mm-hmm. and process through things. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not anti-social media. Uh, I'm anti-discord. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, and I'm pro-unity because Jesus is. And right now in this season, social media is kicking our butts. It's pouring it, gas it, on the fire. When it comes to unity. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's right. So this week, um, obviously I talked about tag teaming a moment ago. So mm-hmm. I talk a little bit about that and kind of the, you know, the vision for the series and then and then with that, the challenge. Uh, and then introduced you and, and your new role yep. at Sun Valley. Things are changing. I've been at Sun Valley now 16 and a half years. I think I've had like 15 different job titles in that that stretch of time. So yeah, That sounds about right. Yeah. Most people don't know this, but I'll just give you a shout out. Uh, Robert actually has tenure on staff at Sun Valley because he's been here longer than me. By two like months? two months, yeah. Yeah. So Robert was hired two months before <laughs> I was way back in 2004. 2004, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Robert is con- going to continue to be the teaching pastor. And so if you're like, oh, no, we're not going to hear Robert preach, you still get to hear Robert preach. Um, so that's that's still part of uh, how he'll serve here at Sun Valley. But Robert's on our executive team, and he'll now be giving oversight to our children's, students, and young adult ministry. Robert, I can't think of anybody better. Um, I've known you for 16 and a half years. Watched your work in all the areas of student ministry and just family ministry in general. And Really excited about your leadership and what yeah. you're going to bring to those ministries. Yeah, I'm excited to be a part of it. I, I've stayed involved with students and, and kids in different ways over the years, and but I'm excited to be more hands-on with uh, with that area. Um, I got a bunch of kids that are growing up that I want to see grow up to follow Jesus, and I want to see all the babies that we have in our church continue to, to grow into young adults who love Jesus and, and people that aren't in the church yet. Uh, there's a generation that desperately wants relationship with God. They just don't know. Yet that's exactly what that is. Yeah. Um, and they're open to conversations and they're looking for it. And so I'm excited to uh, help our teams create environments where, where that can happen. And this would be a place where they'd meet Jesus. Yeah. Well, one of the things that uh, we're concerned about, and uh, you share the statistics um, of just all the young adults who leave church. Yeah. Two thirds. Yeah, that's of, crazy. Of, and these are two thirds. The survey is of high schoolers who were regularly involved. In the youth ministry, two-thirds of them will end up leaving in college, leaving the church. Yeah, if, if you think about all the competition yeah. of, of just um, things that divide, distract yep. our attention, I, bluntly, I'll just throw this in as lead pastor. You know, prior to COVID, most people that, you know, I'm a regular attender, I'm really committed mm-hmm. to Sun Valley, we're coming once, maybe twice a month. Yeah. 
right? So now you've got COVID in here and, and the routine of just being online. And I'm wondering what that's going to mean for us culturally moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about teenagers right now, but this is an issue for adults mm-hmm. too. You know, I, I would just say, hey, it's time to come back to church. Yep. Everybody's worried about, are you going to make me do this? Are you going to make me do that? We're not the mask police. Uh, no matter where you've been, what you've done, what's been done to you, we love you. You're welcome at Sun Valley. Mm-hmm. We're just going to ask everybody to be mutually respectful, mm-hmm. you know, that that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, I've, I've talked about some of that stuff. But for teenagers, all kinds of distraction. Yep. They get out of high school. They're not in youth group anymore. Mom and dad aren't dragging them to church. Yep. What can we do that contributes to a lifelong faith in the heart of our kids? Yeah, here's—so two-thirds is an awful stat. I mean, that's like a gut punch. It sucks. It's, it's terrible. The bright side of it, as they've done the research, it's not because these kids are like, I don't, I don't want to follow Jesus anymore. It's not because they go, I disagree theologically with the Bible, and I don't want to. I don't, I don't want this to be a part of my life. It's literally because they're distracted. They they have a new rhythm to life. They're in college or where you know they're out of high school and they're in college or they're living in the dorms. And the routines just change. Yeah. And and there's not a whole lot that's pulling them back into kind of making church part of that rhythm. And so the good news is a lot of them do end up coming back later in life. Um, but that's not always the case. And it's still too big of a gamble to be like, well, let's just hope. Well, and and Sun Valley, frankly, is is full of stories mm-hmm. that people, you know, were church damaged. They left the church for a number of years, and then something happened and the pain was big enough it yes. brought them back. And how and so great I, I would, would like, it be yeah. if they could, yeah, bypass that process? Let's let's spare some people some pain and and talk to us about how how do we and you know instill yeah. in our kids a lifelong faith? Yeah, so there's there's a, a handful of things that are really really simple things, and they might seem small, but they really do. And again, this is this is database. This is not just me thinking or you know whatever. Um, scripture supports it, and and this is what we're finding when you look at the research. Having relationships with adults other than mom and dad inside the church that's one of the key factors for our kids to continue their faith, uh, which means a small group leader in the student ministry, getting a kid to a small group on a Wednesday night. Um, it's not just a, oh, let me get the kid out of the house. Those relationships are going to be life-changing for that kid because there's another adult who's going to speak wisdom, who's going to speak truth. And because of the nature of adolescence, where kids are now finding their identity, not how am I like mom and dad, but how am I different, what makes me unique, there's a natural tendency to kind of Mom and dad might feel pushed away or they'll say something, the kid won't receive it. But when another adult does, they're now open to, oh, that's really good advice. I'll take that advice. That's really wise. Mom and dad are like, I've been saying the exact same thing. Yeah, man. I, I, sometimes my kids will go, oh, yeah, this adult said this and it was so – and I'm like, I've been saying that. <laughs> I say smart stuff for a All living. of your life. I'm like <laughs> – Thousands of people listen to me, you know, yeah. <laughs> why, why aren't you? But that's, that's just, that's, that's just how it is. Yeah. It's not, yeah. nothing personal. It's just part of adolescence. So relationships, other godly adults yep. speaking into the lives of our kids. That's right. That's yeah. right. And that goes a long way for them to be known by somebody, for, for an adult to know your kid's name, to know what sports they like or what video games, just simple stuff like that are as relational beings to be known by somebody and to know that we're known by somebody goes a long way in nurturing our faith. You uh you and I were talking uh at at lunch earlier and and you uh it was just anecdotal but but you told a story about uh cuz you're pretty tight with your small group mm-hmm. and you had some friends over and one of their kids got in a fight and uh you just kind of led their kid through it mm-hmm. while they watched. Mm-hmm. And uh kind of kind of give the bottom line of that 
of that story. Yeah. So obviously parents tend to be, you know, the heavy, the rules, hey, stop it, whatever. Uh, and, and sometimes the kids are just, they're, they're not listening to mom and dad. Yeah. Uh, and so this kid happens to be the youngest of boys and I'm the youngest of four and have two older brothers, and older sister. And I, I could see his situation. I'm like, I know exactly what he's going through right now. And so I said, hey, man, let's talk. And I told him some of my story and I empathized and I said, man, it's tough being the, the youngest, huh? And getting, you know, the snot kicked out of you and people ganging up on you and having to defend yourself and all that. He's like, yeah, it is tough. And he just opened up and he's, you know, tearing up a little bit, but we're able to just talk kind of man to man, even though he's a, you know, preteen, yeah. uh, we're, we're having this man to man talk. And, and at the end of it, you know, we're, we're high-fiving and he's kind of calmed down because he was, his blood was boiling. And, um, and at the end of it, his parents were like, thank you. Thank you for doing that. I'm like, it. I totally get it. Like I wish. Well, when I was you said in it situation. earlier. You said it earlier. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> it really does. Man, it really does, especially in 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 parenting. Those yeah. relationships just matter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We need each other in so many ways, and we have other uh, in our small group. We have people that their kids are older. Some of them are out of the house, and there's so many times we're losing our mind, and they say, "That's normal. We went through that too." Here's what happened. Just to hear those words once in a while as a parent. Yeah. When you're like, I don't really like this kid right now. Yeah. Like I, I, I love, love them, them but, but they're a pain in the butt. And to have yeah. somebody else go, I totally get that. Yeah, that goes good. a long way. That's that's powerful. So so relationships yep. help keep kids in the faith? Serving. Uh, responsibility. Having kids actually own part of the church leadership. Our, our kids aren't the future church. They're the church today. Yeah, that's and, good. And for us to wrap our minds around the reality that when they put their trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit has gifted them with gifts for the sake of the church, not just for themselves, but for the sake of others. Mm -hmm. And so the sooner we can get our kids involved in real ministry, whether that's outside the church, helping out, you know, doing something for the community, going on a mission trip, uh, our kids serve inside the church in the kids area, and it's their highlight. They love their group that they're a part of, but they're most looking forward to being able to serve the little kids and the stories. And, and they, you know, they get the little vest that says like, I'm a, I'm a leader, you know, and the little lanyard. And for them, that's a big deal. And and they know that if they're going to miss a weekend, they're going to be missed. Yeah. A summer ago, my youngest was 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, this past summer looked a little different with COVID and everything going on. But the summer before, uh, he did Summer Spectacular. Mm-hmm. But he didn't attend Summer Spectacular. He, was a he served yeah, yeah. at Summer Spectacular. And he absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, he felt part of it. He was, you know, telling other smaller kids about Jesus. I mean, he's the youngest, so he got to be the big guy. Yep. So he liked that. Uh, but just to watch him take ownership um, for his own faith, mm-hmm. you know, with where he's 10. Yep. But he took ownership for his own faith and then share that faith with with somebody else yeah. was outstanding. Yep. Um, and he was bummed this year that he wasn't going to get to be a leader at Summer Spectacular because of everything going on. But um yeah, man, that's just huge. That's the other thing, too, you remember when you were a kid and and all the adults would sit down and then you'd have to sit at the kid yeah, table? Yeah. It's the worst. Yeah, so you were the youngest. Yeah. I was, I'm the oldest oh, grandkid so you were, on both sides. So you're so, the first rejected from the adult oh, table. I'm a 12-year-old sitting there with a bunch of 7-year-olds at the kid's table <laughs> going, this yeah. sucks, right? Yeah. When, when, we, when we have um, kids serve in the church— we're saying you belong at the big table. That's right. They're wearing the same vest lanyard that the adults wear in. They're part of that it's team. It's affirming. Saying, yeah. It's yeah, a big, you, big deal. And we're saying you don't just come to church, man. You are the church. I started serving in the church when I was 12 and loved it. I mean, there were challenges that came with it, but continued that. When I was in college, there was one semester I wasn't involved in church. 
And it was probably the lowest point for me spiritually in all of my adolescence. And, and I realized it's because was, it was all about me. All my focus was on myself. Uh, I wasn't using the gifts God gave me to serve others. And I started, my soul was just like withering. And, and I found myself in a scary place. And luckily, by the grace of God, ended up connected in church, serving again. And now here I am. 16, 17 years later on staff with Sun Valley. But it was there was this little window where I wasn't serving and and my faith started to to kind of waver and, and get real shaky for a while there. Yeah. Well there's a reason God created the church. Yeah. Yeah. It's to help keep us on track. So relationship responsibility, what's the third one? Uh just for parents to to learn from each other. For yeah. parents to work together and and for parents to get involved like that story in other people's families, like to to be an encouragement to other people's kids and to be kind of an aunt or an uncle to people in your small group or people in your neighborhood, um, even people who aren't a part of the church, kids in the neighborhood, it's, it's okay to be an encouragement to them and talk to them and high five them and, you know, be, be a part of their world and be a support for their success. But also for parents just to get together, uh, to talk about parenting, to talk about the challenges, yeah. uh, to pray for each other, to go, here's where we're at right now with this kid. And, and here's what we need help with. And if you'd pray for us, or if you have any advice, or if you've been down this road, uh, it goes a really long way. So it's a friend of mine who's a little bit older and a mentor to me actually. Mm-hmm. And I was bemoaning challenges yep. of being the parent of a teenager. And he said, look, man, just relax. I'm like, well, you know, if, if we don't get this right, right, where's this going? Right. And he said, look, you're not going to be a better parent than God. It's like God's the perfect parent. He put his first two kids in a perfect environment Mm -hmm. and they still rebelled. Yeah. And their names were Adam and Eve. He's like, there's going to be some rebellion. Just relax, do the best you can. And he kind of talked me off the ledge a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it kind of helped me remember, okay, we're playing the long game here. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to love my kid and I'm going to lead my kid. We're going to do the best we can. And they belong to God and, you know, come quickly, Lord Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah. But it really gave us perspective. Okay, so just to recap, so relationship, responsibility, and and befriend other parents and learn from one another, sharpen one another. That's right. Yep. Uh, and that, that goes a really long way. And, and as a parent, uh, if you want your kid to follow Jesus, you got to follow Jesus. Yeah. You got you to model it. More gotta, taught than taught. That's right. You pray with your kids uh, at night before bed or talk about your faith or talk about even your challenges and uh, be be real with your kids about it because they're, they're going to pick up on, on your leadership as a parent. That's good. Let's, let's end a little different today. Why don't you take a moment and just pray for uh, our parents? Yeah. Uh, may, maybe pray for uh, kids and students and young adults as well because, yep. uh, you know, that's a mutual relationship. And uh, we'll just ask God to guide us. I love it. God, we give you our families. Um, God, whoever's uh, listening, whether it's in the car or uh, at home or wherever at work, um, God, you know the exact dynamics of every single home, of every single relationship. Um, And God, I know that you love us and I know that that you are for the family, um, being united together in, in faith. Uh, faith in you, uh, relationship with you. So we, we, we know that that's what you desire. Would you help lead us to create an environment um, to do the best that we can uh, so that that would be the case for our home? Uh, would you help us as parents to be patient, uh, like Chad said at times, to, to calm down, uh, to relax, um, to know that it's not going to go perfectly, that there's free will and uh, same with us. Uh, but God, we ask for your guidance. We ask for your blessing over our kids. Um, God, I pray that, that we would 
uh, pass this baton of faith well to the next generation. God, that you would raise up a generation who uh, loves you and pursues you and uh, leads others to do the same and is an impact in our communities and in our cities and our state, um, that they would be representatives of your love and your grace uh, where they go. Our prayer is not that we give the world to our kids, but that we give our kids to the world uh, to be a light mm-hmm. and, and to make an impact. And so help us as parents, um, help us as a community, those who aren't parents that are listening, uh, to be an encouragement uh, to the next generation because we're all family and, and all of us need help from each other. Mm-hmm. And so would you use all of us together as one church, uh, united uh, to raise up the generation coming after us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to us so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you left us a review or shared this podcast with a friend. Doing that will help us reach and help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you're always welcome to join us online or in person for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc. Thanks for joining us.